TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, two guys at a mic show. Thank you for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Coach and the Big Dog with you up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass, David Olson, joining us at, well, Sports Talk and, of course, the award-winning music of the TalkZone.com. Listen for the next six seconds. Yes, indeed. Music to my ears. Uh, Thank you very much, David. Quality, quality music to open the show. We'll have more of that as the show goes on. The thumb is pointing up from D. Olson. That means we have on the line with us. Not just producer extraordinaire, but uh, co-host extraordinaire. We were off yesterday, so it's been a little three-day weekend for us, but I welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Rodwanski. Big dog, how are you? And when I don't see you for three days, I worry about you. You know that. You know, I, I had a lot to talk about yesterday, and I totally forgot we were not doing the show. I'm Ooh. calling at at 9:59. Yep. I had all kinds of stuff to say, and I'm like, well, obviously, you know, Randy Rhodes must be doing the production today, or Randy <laughs> Myers, you know. <laughs> Randy Rhodes. Yeah, Randy Rhodes was a, a guitarist for okay. uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I, 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 I sometimes I get those two confused. Okay. Is he related to Dusty Rhodes? I think so, somewhere okay. along the line. Just checking. Yeah, there was a busy sports weekend. It's always painful to have Monday off. First thing I asked a producer extraordinaire, David Olson, when I came in, is I asked him, did Joel remember that we had Monday off? And apparently the answer to that was no. No, I yeah. did not. But that's okay. That's okay. You had a good weekend. Uh, again, You know, for those new to the show with Joel, A, I checked the obituaries. B, the crime report. If I don't see your name there, I figure uh, all's fair in love and war. I had uh, a pretty good weekend. You know, Mother's Day uh, on on Sunday. Yep. It was it was good. Uh, it, I went to hung out with someone's birthday party who, who celebrates their birthday for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So this was the middle party, so I think that's the most important one, right? <laughs> it's like half as long as Lent. Yes, it's it, it's a little strange, but <laughs> it's all right. You know, so I had a pretty enjoyable weekend. You know, and Mother's Day is always good. We went to Old Warsaw. Oh my goodness, Coach! Old and, Warsaw. Yeah, it's uh, that sure. place is just it, it's phenomenal. Is that a restaurant or a neighborhood? It's a restaurant. Okay. A restaurant. Okay. Oh my goodness! And uh, the the stuffed cabbage, Ooh. and then uh, they had five dollar pitchers of of genuine draft on Mother's Day. I mean, oh, how boy. much better can you get than that? Okay. Draft beer, David Olson, and stuffed cabbage. This is, uh, thank goodness we were not only off the air yesterday. Thank goodness Joel was not in studio. Oh, I gotta tell you, so I, I felt phenomenal after that. Yeah. Meal. And then all the all the Kalaski there, oh, the, oh, they they make the Kalaski like it's, uh, like, uh, what do you call it, uh, a croissant bread instead of, like, the dough. I'm not I've sure I'm had. familiar with that. What's it called? Kalastopy? Kalachki. Oh, Kalatsky. Okay. I got colostomy on my head. I got to schedule an appointment for a colostomy. Sorry about that. Well, well Coach, but even if you have something like that that's scheduled, why do you, would you even bring it up? What that you just want to Well, keep it that sounded thing? like that's so how I, I thought it was a food maybe I hadn't heard of. So I had to, uh, similar to a colostomy, I had to probe a little bit. 
if you eat too much kolachki, you probably will need a colostomy. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Very, very true. It's not exactly low in saturated fat. No, I wouldn't. I would say that. And a lot uh, high in sugar. A yeah. lot of sugar. Oh, so. yeah. That's an awful, awfully, awfully good. You're getting me hung. I wasn't hungry to start the show, but listening to you and your uh, visit to Old Warsaw, all of a sudden the taste buds are kicking in high gear. That's outstanding. And I'm assuming you spent the time with uh, with Mom. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Good yeah. time. I told the folks in the show that, uh, you know, and David was a little bit surprised that you and me, we look at our heritage, and we do go way back, and we're actually related a little bit in the fact that your mother and my mother were both mothers. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. The phone number, doll. We got lots to talk about from the weekend that was. We got a little baseball catch-up to do. We got uh, a little Kentucky Derby recap. And then, of course, looking ahead today, we got the NBA basketball of its highest variety, Game 5 with the Chicago Bulls. We can write our swan song to the Lakers and um, Boston Celtics losing to... Losing to Miami yesterday, so we got NBA playoffs heating up in one of your favorite baseball series, the Cubs versus the Cardinals. So plenty to talk about, but I think the Bulls are front and center, my friend. Game five. What do you think about the loss on game four? Oh, not happy whatsoever because, uh, you know, playing a close game on the road in the playoffs, I mean, that's going to happen to you even if it's, you know, the one versus the five. Mm-hmm. But, Coach, you get blown off the court, uh, you know, in the – during the crucial time of the game, when you know you got to really have good defensive st- uh, stops and stuff, they, very frustrating. And, uh, it, it, and you know what? Not only were they not on the top of their game, the officials were not on the top of their game. It was just—it's one of those losses you just shake your head after, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Man, we—we we, not only did we let them get away, it seemed like it was—you know—I you know, hate complaining about the officials, but at least uh, Ben and Salvatore admitted later. He's like, "Yeah, I really botched that one up." Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm talking about is. Uh, uh, they blow a whistle as Derrick Rose is getting hammered, and then they said inadvertent whistle. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do they not call that a foul? And instead of the Bulls cutting it to three, Atlanta goes right down the court yeah. and, and and scores, and then you're just and then they had no I, chance. So. You know what? Don't even want to hear about that. Don't. First of all, uh, Benatore Salvatore, one of our uh, good friends here on the show, he's a quality, quality, longtime NBA rep. I have not seen the replay. Oh, I will, you haven't seen it when I watched Horrible. it live, Big Dog, and I think I watched the initial replay. I was thinking that that's a great, and again, I'm a Bulls fan, but that's a great no call. I know there's some rule among officials, you know, once you make the call, you got to stick with the call. I love the fact that Bernardo Salvatore, yes, even I though he blew the, the whistle, he immediately realized he made the mistake. It's like an umpire at first base when you call the guy safe, and you realize a split second later he was out. Up, oh, can't change the call once you make. Yes, you can. You can change the call. Well, Get the call why right. Change the call. Why didn't he? He admitted he yeah, was Again, I want to. I want to watch the replay. Your, your point is, you're not making a point, coach. It doesn't make any sense. What you're well, saying. I'm making the point a that even irregardless of that play, I like occasionally for an official to change his call, even though he blew the whistle. I think there's nothing wrong with that if he truly felt at the moment of climax that he got it wrong. Okay. Well, if you are so for people changing their mind, why are you saying he did a good job? Because he didn't change his mind. He obviously blew the call and was like, yeah, I blew it. No, no. Oh, at at yeah. game time, in the course of the game, he blew the whistle for the foul and immediately realized, you know what, there was not contact on that play. Inadver- he got hammered. No, 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 Joel, you're missing the point. Hammered. You're missing the point. We got we got two things to talk about. A, was it a foul? We'll talk, or I should say B, was it obviously, a foul? It was chest on chest. But the initial thing that we were talking about is an official 
able to immediately change his call with the inadvertent whistle. And I, I think that's good. I don't want to see it a lot, but I think it, officials need to do it a little bit more. So the Bulls just basically get the ball taken away from them. They just lose okay. the possession. You're, you don't see my point. But all right, so you're still complaining. All right, again, I would like to watch a replay no, again. The, here, the I, point is this. You're saying an official should be able to change their mind. Absolutely. And you're saying he did such a good job. Well, if he was able to change his mind, he obviously saw the chest-to-chest contact. No. So shouldn't he have changed? You're right. He should have changed his his horrible call and been like, you know what? That wasn't an inadvertent whistle. Right. He was fouled. What? Here's three, here's three shots. No, no, Joel, at the time, at the time, he thought that there was no foul. That's why he said, oops, my mistake. I blew the whistle. Inadvertent whistle. Let's toss it up. Jump ball. So he's wrong twice then? Yes. Exactly. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's and he'll ridiculous. be the first to admit that. Now, and again, I want to watch the replay. I didn't think it was a foul. I thought flat out foul. I want to watch it again, including playoffs. That was a he jumped and landed on Derrick Rose. Basically, it was chest to chest. It's not even close. It wasn't like Jamal Crawford. No, he was chest to chest on the guy. Crawford left his feet, correct? Yeah, and he landed and hit Derrick Rose. Well, but here's the deal: Did Derrick Rose lean in? He went straight up. Okay. Again, I'll watch it again. And the fact that. that uh, fact that Benator Salvatore admitted Crawford after watching the replay. What? Crawford came in the Rose. It's as simple as that. I want to watch it. I didn't think it was that bad. Even if he messed up on that call. No, I don't want to hear that excuse. The Bulls got. Oh, no, no. They should. They, they played horrible. Yes. They played horrible. I, I, there's, I, I agree 100% you can't blame it all on the official. I'm just yeah. saying that was a really strange way to end a, an NBA yeah, game. That's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Well, I didn't think so. It was a key call at the time. I thought at the time that he got it right, I hate to say. But, uh, all right, let's let's get beyond that and the fact that Atlanta played uh, awfully good. I, I heard some guy in the uh, the radio on one of the other fine sports shows in Chicago, Big Doug, and I think he's exactly right, that the most critical injury, the biggest injury in this series is not the Derrick Rose ankle. It's not the Carlos Boozer top of the foot. The key injury for the Bulls was Kirk Heinrich going out and being replaced by this guy, Jeff Teague, who's playing like uh, the second coming of Rajon Rondo. He's unbelievable. I'm going to have to agree with you there. This kid is, uh, like, it was a joke the first couple of games. Where I would just tell, who is <laughs> yeah. he at the top of my lungs? We're not, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. We obviously know who he is now. You, you are a Jeff Teague believer now? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, this kid's playing good basketball. Wow. So. How about that baseline drive where he elevated and slammed the puppy home? I'm like, whoa, wow. He is still a, a shoot first point guard, though. Well, he's so, not a great shooter. And, and the fact he is a but if you keep driving to the hole, I guess it doesn't really matter. Oof, boy, man. I, you know, Larry Drew looks like a pretty cool coach. I could play for Larry Drew. It looks like, a, you know, pretty low-key, not a holler and screamer, but... You had this kid, Jeff Teague, on your team, and you played him 10 minutes a game. Not 10 minutes a game in the last five-game series with Orlando, but 10 minutes total. I mean, wow. Maybe Kirk Heinrich was playing well, big dog, but how does that guy play 10 minutes total? That's an average of two minutes a game for Jeff Teague. Yeah, and you know, there's, there's times, like in the NBA, somebody will trade for somebody. Yeah. And they only play like a total of 100 minutes in a season. And they're like, we think this kid's going to be a superstar. And then they end up being like Dirk Nowitzki. Yep. And you're like, how did this guy sit on somebody's bench for two years and never play? And then they end up being a league MVP. And by the way, the Mavericks looking phenomenal. Woo, we'll talk about them in a second. But but it's it's all about uh, philosophy on life here for all the young kids listening. Uh, Big Dog, I think you will uh, 
back this up. It's all about taking advantage of opportunity, and young Jeffrey MacArthur Teague has done that. Yes, uh, MacArthur. Good to know yeah. that. Yeah. You know, like, do you, do you I think was, Kirk... I thought it was Roosevelt to be honest? With you. <laughs> do you think Kirk Heinrich has been Wally pipped? I don't think it's it's in that class. No, yeah, he definitely has, Coach. I, I don't think he's getting the job back. I don't think Kirk so. Kirk Heinrich says he's totally healthy. Yep. He, I don't even think they'd activate him. If you are the scriptwriter for the 2011-2012 uh, Atlanta Hawk press guide, you might as well put it right now. Kirk Heinrich, a quality backup point guard. Because he, he ain't starting next year. But uh, all right, game game five tonight, Big Dog TNT, seven o'clock. The pressure builds. I was telling David Olson before the show, it's kind of like a like a made for TV four part drama. It's like a like a little mini soap opera. The stories build over the course of a long series, and um, uh, lots of storylines. But what, what do you look for? Prognosticate ahead, seven o'clock tonight, TN of a T. Uh, I really see the the Bulls playing a phenomenal game five, coach, and and having a, a very convincing victory. Okay. Ten point win, a double digit win. Tonight. I hope. I think the bigger story. Would you agree with me? I think the Bulls will come out at home and play well, but the big story is can the Atlanta Hawks, who inconsistency is part of their very mantra. I think the big key is can the Hawks continue to play with that kind of. Uh, energy and competence and if they do it'll be a ball game but don't you think it's it's more atlanta's play tonight that's a key than the bulls yeah that's that's an excellent point because atlanta's going to have to win two games in a row somehow in this series Mm -hmm. and play consistently two games in a row in order to win to to actually get a win in this series it'll be it's impossible not to win at least two games in a row so Mm -hmm. we'll see if they can play two consecutive games uh, hopefully they can't it's uh, going to be fun to watch. Again, NBA fans out there, we lead off the show a little NBA playoff talk. We're also catching up from the weekend that was. We were off yesterday, a little replay show. Apologize for that. 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a Coach at your service, Dog. We also had uh, over the weekend, quick mention, I'll let you get your thoughts out on the L.A. Lakers uh, losing four straight. You already alluded to how phenomenal the Dallas Mavericks played. Yeah, uh, let's focus on the Mavericks, yep. okay? The only thing that we should focus on the Lakers is just say it right away. Well, the the rain is done, and they don't get the Phil doesn't get his fourth repeat. Okay, I, I don't really feel too heartbroken over that. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Bynum, that was the okay. We talked about that might have been the worst call that I've seen in the NBA this 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 past week. We've had some bad calls, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what Andrew Bynum did to Barrera was the most Bush League thing I've ever seen done on a basketball court. Of course, I did not see Rudy Tomjanovich, you know, sucker punch by Kermit Washington. Never, never forget that seen, one. I've never seen the footage, and that's probably Ooh. the most Bush League thing Violent. that's ever been done. Uh, but without a doubt, Coach, I've never seen anything like that. I was so shocked when I saw it. You know, I'm just having a, a margarita, a Casa Margarita, waiting for the train. And next thing I know, I'm, like, jumping up, screaming. I'm like, how, how did that just happen? I'm like, yeah. I'm screaming at a Laker-Maverick game. In the, like, you know, so I was really PO'd about it. Referee Brian Salvadori called it a legal and, and fair play. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. If I was Phil Jackson, I know I would have had to mention something. Because that the last game, the last minute yeah. of the last game ever, Yep. And that's what happens to. Yep. That's what you, I would have been like. I would have been really 
PO'd it, Andrew Bynum in the. Yeah. That's what, if you're a Lakers. I, I've read about it. I have. I haven't even seen the you replay. I did not watch that? the game live. But from all, everybody agrees with you. It was a cheap hit. Lamar Odom at least apologized for his. But uh, the big thing is, you know, you're a champion. You're winning. When you finally go down. For crying out loud, go down with some class. You've been a champion yeah. for a long time. Learn how to lose. Take it. They look like the 91 Pistons coach. That's what they look like mm-hmm. when they were dethroned by the Bulls. Yep. You know, that's how they, they kind of acted like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're better than you. Big deal. You beat us. You know, you'll, yeah, it was kind of like one of those, like, they didn't even care. It was really, it was like odd watching it. Yeah. It was like you were, I was watching something. I'm like, this is like a nightmare for these people. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, and you're right. It tainted uh, Phil Jackson's final game. I'll tell you at a lower level, big dog, at the high school level where I coach on occasion, youth sports where I've coached for many, many years, very few things bug me more than a team that wins a lot, a winning team, be it basketball or baseball, and they finally happen to lose a game. And instead of, you know, the parents and the players just accepting the law, they got to find an excuse for it. You know, they're arguing with the referee after the game. They're complaining up in the stands about a call. The players don't shake hands real well. This is from a team that's been winning all the time, you know? Deal with it. Deal. In the big picture, you don't want to lose it. In the big picture, a loss for some of those powerhouse teams at the youth level is a good thing. But that really, really gets my goat when powerhouse teams finally lose, and they can't lose with good sportsmanship. I've been on a couple of those teams, Coach. Yeah. Some of the dads, yeah. you know, Mr. Murtaugh, he needed to relax. It was a little bit of an embarrassment. Yeah, I mean, those yeah. same teams that have been beating people, you know, and the losing teams have had to maintain their sportsmanship because, you know, you were so good. So you finally lose a game. Maybe you beat us four straight. We finally find a way to beat you. Don't complain about the officiating, please. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm okay. with you. All right. Now, what I just wanted to say that was the worst call. I don't normally bitch about the officiating. As a matter of fact, the only game I've ever bitched about the officials was the 2005 national title game, Illinois versus North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I will still go to my yep. grave. Sorry, they were robbed that day. That was. Aye. Other than that, I won't bring, ever bring up officiating. And I was also a guy that got robbed by an official in the high school game. Two minutes after the game was over yep. with, a kid scored a touchdown after a supposed fumble. There's the band is out on the field, the cheerleaders. We're shaking hands, and they counted the touchdown. The way you so, describe that was, it, that might might have been one of the worst calls I've ever heard in my uh, fifty some odd years associated with sport. Brutal. Downers Grove North, Glenbard West, and it was legitimately uh, all five officials. Yep. All of them said no, but the the head official was like it counts. Mm-hmm. Head official was uh, from Glen Ellen, Illinois, by the way. Just sorry to <laughs> put that out there. <laughs> it makes it even more painful. Yeah. Huh? So, but I, you know, I don't sit and you know bitch, 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 because all yep. I know is. We had playoffs back then, so I, that cost us our conference championship. But we had every ability mm-hmm. to go on and yeah. do whatever we wanted with and our I, team. And I, I well remember the 2005 game. Uh, foul, James Augustine for sneezing too hard. <laughs> James Augustine, did you just breathe? Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> that was uh, knocked over by uh, Sean May. That's a yeah. foul. I was going to say Scott May. It's Sean May, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. see, Coach, I can laugh about it now, and I'm glad you finally – have have not because you know I normally don't bitch about the the officiating I, mm-hmm. I, and I kind of hated to start the show complaining about it but mm-hmm. it, it, it but um I was more upset that you were you said it was okay that's what I was really fired up about coach. I, well more than okay I I like the fact that he changed the call because I thought he made he made a mistake I'd like to see more officials do that I still need to see the replay if he made a mistake then he made a mistake what I was talking about was just changing the fact that he was man enough to change a call that he uh, on the spur of the moment made. Oh, and and just, this, it was just a phenomenal basketball weekend. Did you happen to see the series that's going on, Oklahoma City and Memphis? 
Well, I heard Oak City won last night, correct? Oh, Coach, this series has been just absolutely back and forth. If you've got a 16-point lead and it's late, you better you better just put your head between your legs and kiss your, you know what, goodbye. <laughs> if, this, if you have a late lead, you're done in this series. So it, it's been a, extremely exciting. And I guarantee you, if the names of these teams were like Philadelphia, Boston, New mm-hmm. York, or something like that, this, that's all they'd be talking about. Instead... They give this. They give this series on ESPN about thirty seconds worth of credit, and then they go back about how the the Lakers dynasty is over with. And why they focus on the team still playing because these teams are really fun to watch. Oklahoma City won uh, at Memphis, evened it up at two two one thirty three to one twenty three. Was that OT, Big Dog? Yeah, that was uh, OT, and the way it was forced OT, and then the, it, it was uh, Mike Conley throwing up a thirty foot prayer to send the game into overtime the first time. I saw the replay. How many seconds left when he hit that shot? About two. Wow. But uh, wow. even when he, he even he was surprised that went in. He was like, "Wow, I I actually made a jump shot because he can't shoot." I saw so, the replay of that. I did not see the clock. I didn't even know that. I knew it was a critical basket. I did not know that was the uh, the shot that sent the game into OT with two seconds left. Yeah, and wow. you know, Mark Gasol blocks the shot uh, to to create that particular opportunity. I mean, that was it's been a, a coming out. It's been a coming out party. So. Everybody know, now knows Zach Randolph is actually an elite power forward, and yep. then everyone's getting a look at the, you know, the OJ Mayo's, the Kevin Durant's, the Russell Westbrooks, and mm-hmm. the, realizing there's some Mark Gasol. Believe it or not, he's better than his brother now. He's past him because his brother. I don't think he has any street cred left, Coach. I think yeah. people are finally like commenting to Powell that you know the the, the body odor is bothering them. <laughs> not a good series for PAO Gasol, no question about it. When the you know when the production was there, nobody really cared. Yep. You know what I mean? But. Yep. Well, you know you got to live with that. Sometimes the lack of the sometimes the strong body odor can work for you. It keeps uh, keeps defenses honest. That's about the nicest way I can say. Yeah, but that is a mind over matter thing. You can get through that. You know, you, you can. It's difficult. I know. I, I have a very high gag reflex, but you mm-hmm. can fight through that. <laughs> very high gag reflex. Oh boy, what are you doing on this show? Uh, we should also mention the Boston Celtics lose yesterday. Miami oh. Heat beat them 98-90. That was a heck of a game, too. But the Heat are now up 3-1 to in yet another quality NBA series, Big Dog. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe that we, this is, it took us this long to get to this series. What's going on here is, well, the Miami Heat have actually closed out close games late, which has, that was the biggest question mark going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So hopefully now they're the favorite and everybody's predicting them to win again. 35 for LeBron, 28 for Dwayne Wade. He's been outstanding. Chris Bosh, who uh, had one game where he just completely broke down, but he comes back, scores 20 points. And uh, and actually, I think at the end of reg- that game went overtime too, correct? Paul Pierce yeah. had a shot to win it in regulation, did not go down. Yeah, they, they tried to set it up where Kevin Garnett set a pick for him, and they, they couldn't – the Miami mean, Heat fought right through it, and mm-hmm. it had contended – uh, lean away, fade away shot going away from the rim. It was horrible. So, uh, it goes, uh, it goes overtime. Coach Ray John Rondo on Saturday night. Yes. That was one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen. Yes. You got to talk about this. This is unbelievable. Uh, basically going for a loose ball. He hyperextends his, his left elbow and, and folks, it's grotesque. Is they that's the only. Yeah. Not just hyperextends, but actually dislocates. Yes. Which basically rips. Ligaments and and the sack your your uh, your elbow sack gets ripped out uh-huh. and they basically tape it up and they played it with one arm the rest of the game and, and he played phenomenal he didn't have any points before the injury 
ended up with like six or eight after that, and some of them were steals where he had to throw the arm out there, you know, intercept the pass and go the length of the court and throw it down there. It was uh, one of the more heroic things we've seen. I don't know all guy hero who plays basketball, but you know that's it's one of the one of the tougher things I've ever seen mm-hmm. on a basketball. Court. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, because we kid about it like a little bit of a stick on the show. You know, gosh, football player, you know, gets his shoulder dislocated. Ah, don't worry about it. Pop it back into place, tape it up, and get him out there. And we kid about it, but that's exactly what Rajon Rondo do. That thing was hanging. That thing was dislocated. Goes back in the trainer's room, pops it back into place, and he's back out on the court competing. Not the next game, but in that same. Very game, something we kid about all the time, Big Dog, and he he went out and did it on the court. It was amazing. Yeah, and I, I, you know I tip my hat to him. You know, yeah. I, I always thought he was a tough basketball player, mm-hmm. but as a pain in the butt. But yeah, he was yeah, just and, named um, named first team All NBA defense on top of everything else yesterday. Hey, deservedly, absolutely deservedly. Yep. That's uh, I know it's a three one series going back to Miami. Two of the last three games are are in Miami if necessary, but. Mm-hmm. That is definitely – don't count the Celtics out, Coach. Don't count them out. So I, I would expect a v- incredible game five against the Heat. I like what Eric uh, – how do you pronounce his last name? Spolestra? Spolstra. Spolstra. I like Spolestra. It sounds a little more flamboyant. But Eric Spolstra, the fine young uh, head coach of the Miami Heat, he told his team after the game, nice win, guys. Great job, great job. Our next game will be one of the most difficult challenges you will ever have in sports, and that is winning that – final game to finally eliminate a champion because a champion is always going to defend to the max. I like that message he passed on to his team. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. So I don't uh, – so are they trying to say that uh, the Celtics are tougher than the Bulls? I don't get it. Celtics to defend their champion? The toughest, if this is going to be the toughest game they're ever going to face, well, I, you know, you're taking it too literal. He was talking about the the challenge and the situation, any situation, where you've got a team on the brink, but not just any team, a championship team with veteran players, and that final game is the toughest one to get through because they're going to defend that to the man. I don't think he was – hopefully you're kidding when you're talking about uh, comparing it to the Bulls. Maybe I, was just trying to, I was just trying to throw a little bulletin yeah. board material out there, Coach. I was, <laughs> I was just reaching. Okay. Right, well, hey, a lot of NBA players listen to the show, Big Doug. Don't kid yourself. This could they be uh, you could be being twittered as we speak. A lot of NBA girlfriends, yes, listen to the show too. We're very popular with girls. Not so much wives. Disappointingly enough, David Olson showed me the research studies. Apparently, NBA wives don't like our show, but uh, the roadies, the girlfriends, were much more popular. Big Doug. Yeah, big time, big time. Not sure why. I don't, you know, mine is not to ask why. We just put on the show, and whoever follows us, uh, follows us. I'm glad to say for the, it was like the 73rd consecutive quarterly rating period, the breastfeeding moms continue, continue to be our number one listening audience. I'm not going to ask questions, Coach. I'm just going to accept it for what it is. <laughs> like a true champion, huh? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, clearly, if you got a breast, a blanket, and a breast, and you're succulating, you're listening to the two guys at a mic show. Odds on. You know, something uh, that warms the cockles of my heart, Coach. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said heart. 888-463-6748, little NBA talk with the big dog and the coach. Got to get to some baseball, too. Real quick, big dog, we have not talked, and uh, I hold you responsible for this. The Blackhawks get knocked out of the NHL playoffs. We haven't mentioned one bit of hockey. There's still some hockey going on out there tonight. You've got the Detroit Red Wings uh, at home 
trying to win a third consecutive game. It reminds people a lot of the Hawks-Vancouver game. San Jose was up 3-0, correct? And the Red Wings have now come back and won two in a row? Is, uh, is that where the series is at? I believe. I have no idea. I believe it is. So that they, if they win, the big win was not just at Detroit in Game 4 to make it 3-1, but they were able to knock San Jose off in Game 5, similar to the Hawks did at Vancouver. When San oh, no. Jose was ready to celebrate, so now all of a sudden you got a series. The Red Wing fans would be going crazy tonight. You want to watch a good hockey game? Tune in. Uh, I'm not sure what. Probably the Versus Channel. It'd be Versus, Coach. Yeah, I will not be able to. Uh, it's gonna. I'll be working tonight, so I won't be able to mm-hmm. watch. Damn, the Bulls game. I watch that when I get home. So. Yeah, I'll be watching that too, and I'll be taping Glee too. Uh, Vancouver knocked off Nashville, so Nashville's done. Vancouver advances. And how about in the Eastern Conference, where we didn't mention it, but Tampa Bay sweeping. Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals in Boston sweeping the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm sure you were both shocked, if not dismayed. Alexei Ovechkin is the paper champion coach. That guy talks so much smack about how good he is. A lot of of people in the the Russian community here are always yapping he's the best hockey player. They're exactly right during the regular season. And then come postseason, when they're chasing Lord Stanley's Cup, he goes into a shell. Are you serious? Washington, when did they, have they, when's the last time they were even in the Eastern Conference Finals, coach? Mm-hmm. Did they ever, have they ever even been that far? Yeah, I think one time. Oh, yeah, they did. They, they faced, uh, yeah, Sydney, uh, Sid the Kid that one year. And, yeah. Uh, Wasn't that, the, the, him. but that I, one year getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, he's been around for I don't know how many years. And that wasn't so much Ovechkin, if I remember correctly, their goalie, uh, stood on his head and other body parts to bring uh-huh. them to that level. And Seaman was unbelievable. Oh? Alexander Seaman. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> oh, but I do feel bad. We haven't brought up hockey. You know, I got so into the Hawks series and remembering again what a great sport hockey is. Big dog, the Hawks get knocked off, and I don't watch any hockey. And I, I feel somewhat ashamed, but uh, what do you get? You only got so much time. This is the craziest time of year, Coach. Yep. Because you got basketball and a hockey playoffs, but, you know, you want to watch all of them. It's- Baseball is just starting. We have two baseball teams in this town, and it's actually finally nice the last couple of days that yes. people want to get out and actually do something. Yep. So, and if you're going to actually watch all these sporting events, you really have no life whatsoever. So, <laughs> you really do have to take a yep. you know pick and choose every once in a while. If, if we were dedicated professionals, we'd be in watching all the sports reporting to you. But uh, we're semi dedicated. But safe to say, big dog, both of us uh, do have lives. Well, I, I do admit that I watch a heck of a lot of baseball and basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to do as much of that as I possibly can. Okay. Well, speaking of baseball, when we come back from the break, we will talk a little White Sox, a little Cubs, a little MLB. We'll do a baseball round and wrap up. Got to do a quick recap of the Kentucky Derby. And one of Hollywood's and fame's best longstanding marriages comes to an end. This depressed me when I read this this morning. Big I'm not a happy man. We'll talk about all that and more when we come back. Phone lines open 888-463-6748. Big Dog at your service. I'm just hosting.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Hey, big dog, during the uh, course of your conversation and uh, your soliloquy, I should say, I'm Brian Salvadori. The fine official, and during this recent break, I saw some replays of the Memphis-Oklahoma City game you're talking about from yesterday. Wow. Triple overtime? Yeah. <laughs> Triple overtime with tons of last-second shots and miss. That game will go down as an NBA classic, and you're right. It hardly got any publicity from the newspapers. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it was everything wow. in all the other series. That's the least pub series, and right now it might be the most uh, scintillating. Yeah, in but recent you know, years. Five and an eight. I mean, that's or a four and an eight battling. That's pretty cool because yeah. that's a, you know a four and eight into Western Conference Finals, and they had a good chance of beating Dallas. Yeah. Let's, let's let's a winner. Oklahoma City. Either one of those teams can beat Dallas. I think to even talk four and eight cheapens what's going on in that series. You know, three seven four eight twenty one five ready set blue forty one whatever. You got two young and up and coming teams looking to move on to unchartered territories in the NBA championship. Young NBA kids playing at their best. Every game has been a battle. It's just a high level of NBA um, efficiency and, and tremendous drama each and every game. It's been outstanding. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dallas and Dirk Nowitzki have never finished the deal, coach. You know, they've been to the finals before and they, they get to the Western Conference finals all the time. They win their division a lot. But, uh, you know, they've never finished up. I think this it, is their year. It, it, well, I mean, I think they're coming out of the West. I, I, even though I like Oklahoma City yeah. and Memphis, they're good teams. Yeah, I really and, and by the way, out of the West. by the way, uh, not that they may, maybe Dirk Nowitzki or head coach Rick Carlisle was listening to some of my suggestions on the radio show, but did you watch the way Dallas passes the ball? Oh, it's very, it's, it's awesome, coach. They Why? move the ball. There's great ball movement uh, by the Mavs. Why can't? Other NBA teams do that. There's just way too much what I call ball stoppers in the NBA. Derrick Rose is a ball stopper. Yes, and you know I don't like the ball stoppers, coach. No. Carmelo Anthony is the worst. Move the ball. You know, and I read the papers after during the regular season more so than the playout. The Bulls will play a good game, and you hear comments over and over the last couple of years. We're best when we move the ball. We our offense is you know it's almost unstoppable when we pass the ball. But then you watch three out of every four games and they don't do that. Well, mm-hmm. hey, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you're best when you pass the ball. And I got, I got, I got, you know, news bulletin for you. Pass the ball, move it around the perimeter a little bit. Yes, rotate it, take yeah. one way, send it the other direction. Yeah. See what happens. How many? And then while that's happening, and if you don't have the ball, why don't you just run at the hoop and flash your hands up to the guy who possibly has the ball? Because you know they might just throw it right at your chest. Mm-hmm. You can catch it and get a layup. Yeah, it, 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 offense. Is that simple, Coach, in basketball? Move. If you don't have the basketball, don't just stand there. Oh, whoa. Absolutely. Look at that guy over there in the corner just holding the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, move. Run. <laughs> Run to the hole. Maybe you'll actually get a pass. A little you know, in a, basket uh, cut, little ball reversal, flash the paint. Yeah. Big Dog used to flash a, uh, the, not so much the paint, though. No, that's, that's yeah. true. Dave, back in the day, Joel was really lazy as a flasher, though. He was so lazy, he actually would just describe himself to other people. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, all right, let's move, move on from the NBA. Big dog, I alluded to a marriage breaking up in this one. Uh, uh, you know, for a large part of me, I guess I find a little humor because, you know, famous people, you always 
kind of put him on a pedestal. But anyhow, after 25 long and apparently successful years, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the beautiful and lovely Maria Shriver. No. Yes. Have separate. Maria has moved. Already the furniture is out of the house. She has moved out of the house. We're getting the news a little bit late, but uh, it's over. It's all over. Well, eventually his philandering and running around was going to catch up to him. So I guess it finally has. See, I, that's why I liked it. I thought he wasn't. As popular oh, and as so famous as Schwarzenegger. That's what he's known for. That guy has tapped more than Charlie Sheen. It's un- I, don't, I don't know how really? he's dealt with it. Schwarzenegger's a good guy. He's, a, he's a, one of those guys that has an issue with women and cheating on them and Senator. having as many as possible. David Olson during the uh, long... Now, I know prior to getting married, back in his bodybuilding days, but in his married years, were those rumors? I well, that, that. I don't know about those. Yeah, he's, you're smart. He's smart. He stayed out mm-hmm. of the limelight. He didn't get caught doing it. Even anything. as the governor. Come on, Coach. You, you, people in political office are typically the biggest womanizers on the planet. So you're, you're breaking my uh, optimistic bubble that I live in. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt your optimism, Coach. Okay. But well, I don't think. I don't. I also don't think uh, looking at somebody's sex life determines whether or not they're a moral or amoral yeah, person. That's true too. That's true too. I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. So. It gets, I mean, it gets a little sensitive when you're talking about marriage, but uh, for the most part, you are right. When you start talking about all the the great, I'll, I'll put them on your side, more liberal and open-minded and changes of the society over the last hundred years, they all have sexual uh, like mm-hmm. skeletons in the closet. Yep. Like Martin Luther King, let's just say he was very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Now that, that reputation yeah. I, I have heard. Um, uh, what about what about Gandhi? Gandhi? Uh, really? Gandhi, Gandhi was did a player. Player? Sex with his wife for like the last sixty years wow. and had a gay lover the whole time. You're kidding! But since he's Gandhi, I mean, you, you know, you say that to some people they want to kill you, and other people who actually understand Gandhi's philosophy is like, well, that's what he was. What what difference does it make? You know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's well, yeah, people will. They, I mean, that's really, really. It's like one of those things where people like don't like, like when people like 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 white baseball fans don't want anybody to know that Babe Ruth was really black. Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to know this. We all know that, but we don't have to make a big deal about it. We do know that. Well, Babe Ruth was at least a a quarter black. Really? Oh, without question, Coach. Look at him. I have looked at those. Really? Cheeks. Okay. Eye color. Look at Babe Ruth, Coach. That's just like, like like legit, but nobody would like if you even brought that up back in the day. They're like, no, he's our best player. We can't let that out. Mm-hmm. Well, Interesting. I'm not sure I've heard that uh, particular um, reprisal never, either. But I'll, I'll have to look at a Babe Ruth picture a little more carefully. You, you never heard the Babe Ruth? No. Controversy? Uh uh-uh. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah. That's cool because you stay away from the, you stay above the fray, Coach. I try you to. Don't get, you don't get mucked down and nope. all those other issues. I, li- I, I like living in my sheltered glass half full bubble. It's it's very comfortable in there, quite it. frankly. Once in a while, I'll peek my head out, you know, and take a look. And today's one of those days when Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver break up. I was uh, somewhat depressed, no question about it. But but Gandhi, you're killing me with Gandhi here. Why 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 does that matter if he was gay, Coach? Why would it, it why would it bother you that Gandhi? Yeah, I'm not even saying it bothers me. It just shocks me. There's all kinds of you. Pretty much name a famous person, and mm-hmm. there's there's stuff about like okay. yeah, there's stuff about Jack Brickhouse. Oh no, I will please. not say on air. But oh Come my on. goodness, You're come like, on, Jack not Jack Brickhouse. 
Please, Big Dog. I can handle Schwarzenegger. I can handle Martin Luther King. I'm even trying to grasp a Gandhi, but please don't throw Jack Brickhouse in that. Um, he was a, a strange man, Coach. Back, back, back. Hey! <laughs> that that call will never seem the same to me now, Big no, Dog. No, it will. Yeah, and back, back, back. You know that that does mean something. <laughs> oh, it, oh, okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh. That, that almost leads us into the Kentucky Derby where I got to talk about fully extended, not even running in the race. But uh, uh, very quickly, I got to mention, I, I always thought it was one of the weakest arguments of the right wing politically when they would, the number one thing they would say about the Bill Clinton years was, you know, about the sex thing that happened with Monica Lewinsky. It's like, well, you know, hey, all yeah, I these. Yeah, care less about any of that. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. All the things that he did, you know, you can d- agree or disagree I, I with. He gives away an Air Force base to a guy that uh, yeah. that uh, you know contributed like a billion dollars to his campaign. Yeah. Nobody had a problem with that. Gets uh gets you know does something with an intern. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He had sex with an intern. What about the Air Force base he just gave to that Chinese dude? Mm-hmm. That's I never understood that yeah. coach. As long as it's consensual, for whatever situation you know where it was not consensual, then you got a problem. But. If it is, it's not good. You hope it doesn't get out in public, but it certainly doesn't even come close in importance to some of the, uh, you know, the, the real things that these politicians are doing, the policies that they pass or do not pass. Yes, and, and I understand he shouldn't be messing around with an intern, you know, like uh, some twenty-year-old girl who is probably totally influenced and would do what anything he would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is an abuse of power. Yeah, that's true. The way it was portrayed, I never had an issue with it like everybody else seemed Mm -hmm. to. And all of a sudden, you know. Okay. Hey, hey, real quick, real quick before getting, I know you want to talk Chicago Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals. I'm excited about this series. Of course, I was excited about the Red Series, and that was a big dud. But uh, 888-463-6748, you want to check in as we span the globe here. Lots of topics on the docket. Oh, I like that. Lots of topic on the docket. Uh, here are the two guys at a mic show, the Kentucky Derby over the weekend, Big Dog, as good as advertised, another exciting race. I know you want to throw your kudos out to uh, Jockey Jorge Valentine and Animal Kingdom, the fine horse that won the, the race. Unbelievable. How about this uh, throw the horse in at the last second and ends up coming up a winner? Absolutely amazing. Was it a 20-to-1 horse? Yep. 50-to-1, 20-to-1? Yeah. This, well, I mean, it was a scratch, and then it wasn't a scratch, right? Well, yeah, the the storyline, there, there's like a bunch of amazing storylines. A, the trainer and the owner had two horses entered in the derby. Their top horse, I forget what the guy's name, what the horse's name was, they had to scratch. So Animal Kingdom was like their, their second entry, but they lost their top horse. Now, the favorite horse in the whole race was Uncle Mo. We talked about Uncle Mo, big deal. Uncle Mo was a scratch. Well, Jorge Velasquez was the jockey for Uncle Mo. So all of a sudden, he's got no horse to ride. And and I guess for Jorge, and I may, may, might even be getting his name wrong, Jorge Velasquez, who's never won the Derby, this is like the third time in the last four years he had a top-ranked horse, and the horse was not able to run in the Derby. Unreal. So here's this guy, the master of bad luck. Now, we're not done yet. Robbie Alvarado is the jockey for Animal Kingdom. Robbie Alvarado, pretty good jockey. He broke his nose in a race four days before. So now Animal Kingdom has no jockey. Well, this Velasquez guy becomes available. So on Friday, and the Derby was run on Saturday, but the 24 hours before they get Velasquez to ride, he'd never rode the horse before. And to finish off the amazingness of the story, Animal Kingdom, the winner of the Derby, the best of the best, never, 
never in his life had run on the dirt before. That was his first race ever, and he beat all the greatest horses in the world. Wow. That's really amazing. Yeah. And Velasquez finally wins a Kentucky Derby on a horse he found out he's running on 24 hours beforehand. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. uh, You never know in sports. Things totally look the other way. Sometimes that's exactly where you should be going. Our two horses, by the way, very disappointing. Flatulence never got off, Big Doug. No. Bad day for Flat And fully extended, just uh, did not perform well. Who would have thought it? You. You didn't like Flat. I had fully extended my top three. I figured if he could, uh, if he could get, if he could run from behind, the other horses would certainly uh, get too quick of a start and they'd all burn out. That was my strategy. Yeah, well, you know, eight minutes before the the Kentucky Derby was uh, launched, or whatever the heck you guys call it, uh, Justin Verlander was finishing up his no hitter. Yes, a dominant no hitter. Mm-hmm. Right, should have been a perfect game. Well, yeah, he uh, gave up a walk. And Barely. it was on a really, really, really close call. Yes. Uh, that, uh, you know, I thought that, I thought it was a ball, to be honest with you. Great great uh, umpiring right there. You don't just give the guy the strike because it's a perfect game. I hear people say, oh, you got to give it to him. No, you don't. you got to call whether it's right or wrong. Mm, you you know, know where I fall on that. Oh, did you just give him a strike because it's a perfect no, game? No, no, but if it's real close, if it's real close, I don't know that you want to have a guy lose a perfect game on a real Close call. My my thought to the batter is, hey, two strikes on you, and it's that close, buddy. Swing the damn bat. Yeah, you put your I... you keep your bat on your shoulder. Strike three. Now, if it's clearly a ball, it's clearly if it's real close, perfect game. Swing the bat. As an official, I gotta say, you can't let those thoughts keep up your mind. You just gotta yeah. call a ball strike. As a radio, Otherwise, you're gonna mess up. You will mess up if you're like. Oh, as a radio well, sports talk host, I would tell you to take a long walk on an extremely short pier. I'm a good swimmer, Coach. Strong swimmer. <laughs> I was hoping not. Yeah. Um, all By right, the let's way, talk. You know, now that I'm working downtown on these kayaks, yes. I'm doing that today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to East Bank Club, and I'm teaching a uh, a kayak class. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to fall in the, the river eventually this year. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, but. with your body mass, you, you will sink quickly. I can swim. I'm not worried okay. about that, Coach. Okay. I'm just talking about I know I'm going to end up in the water. Okay. I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever. When you give the tours, uh, do you have to stand up and talk? No, it's on the kayak. So it's, okay. No, How many people? Is it a giant kayak? No, it's just everybody gets their own kayak. Oh, you, okay. You paddle it. And, I got you. What do you you speak out of a bullhorn? No, I just, I'm very loud. Interesting. Okay. I'm not so, taking a bullhorn out there. That's, uh, so you got a bunch of people kayaking, and you're leading them uh, around the lake, showing them the sights of Chicago. Yeah, around the river. A little uh-huh. bit the lake. The lake is during the, when we do the, what do you call it? Okay. The, the fireworks on when, Wednesdays and, and, and Saturday nights. When do you give your first tour? Well, I've been doing them. Really? I, I haven't been leading them. Okay. But I've been in the back watching Charlie, the owner, okay. uh, do the tour. And it's, right. it's, it's a lot of fun. I gotta talk to you off air because I, I might run into you more than you might think. But that's a, a discussion for another day. Can we? Uh, good luck to you, by the way. And when you start doing your own tours, let me know. We'll advertise it here on the show, and uh, hopefully, many of our listeners can become uh, clients of yours. Yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping. Yeah. So it's a good time. It's a yeah. really good workout. So. Uh-huh. Very good. Yeah, did they um, give you any instructions on socializing with your clients post show? Any yeah, basically, I was told by Don that um, 
I cannot fraternize at all with any of the female guests. I was like, really? Post tour? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I can. No, nothing, none of that supposedly going on whatsoever. That's not good. Yes. That could be a problem. All right. Well, behave yourself. Will you please keep this job? It sounds like a good one. Yeah, I'll try to do my best to keep it. Okay, thank you very much. Let's talk some baseball here. Baseball fans, you want to check in? Thanks for the patience as we span the globe from NBA to NHL to marriages broken up to the Kentucky Derby. But it's baseball time real quick. And here in the city of Chicago, Big Dog, I don't care what their record is. It sounds cliche, yada, yada, yada. It's still, I think, one of the best series in baseball. Always enjoy watching it. Cardinals. Come a visiting St. Louis fans all over the city of Chicago. Cardinals versus Cubs should be good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, finally see Darwin Barney playing the rivalry game, see how he handles it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a chance for the Cubs to make a little noise, uh, uh, beat up on the Cardinals a little bit, and uh, maybe uh, the Pirates will be in first place by the end of the series. Yeah. We'll see. What happens only a game and a half behind the Cardinals. 18-17, and 17, the Pittsburgh Pirates. The first time in seven years they've been over 500. This late in the year, yes, yeah, it, and and I don't think they've been over five hundred after June first since nineteen ninety two. Wow, I mean it's that's, been a long, bad nineteen years for the, the Pirates. You, you got to let that stat sink in. You can't just say you got to think about that since ninety two. Since ninety two, they haven't been over five hundred on June first or later. Yes, wow, that's a that's a long. Long period of less than mediocrity, big deal. Painful. Yeah, they were they were brutal. And they had a couple decent teams in the late nineties, you know, mm-hmm. with uh Brian Giles and Jason Kendall. Yep. But yeah, they they weren't very good for very long. Now let me just say everybody knows St. Louis, uh, you know, still in first place. Congratulations to the coaches. They lose Adam Wainwright. They got this kid Kyle McClellan. You know, whoever Kyle McClellan is, he fills in for Adam Wainwright. The guy's record is five and oh got to be kidding me, but uh, everybody knows about Berkman, Holiday, and Pujols, three great hitters in the middle of their lineup. Big Dog, the guy to watch who's uh, becoming, not yet there, but becoming a special player is this kid Colby Rasmus. I know you're a big fan. No, I don't, I don't like Colby Rasmus at all. I mean, he's a decent hitter, a good left-handed hitter. Uh, he can definitely play. Uh, the, the Cardinals have a bunch of really good young players. David Freeze, their third baseman, yep. was hitting 357 before well, he got his hand broke. Yeah, I was going to say, went healthy. Yeah, so, I mean, they've got they got some quality young ballplayers mm-hmm. over there in St. Louis. Yep. And who is the? And of course, Ryan Theriot, the ex-Cub, he'll be out there playing what, shortstop? Yeah, he's the shortstop okay. for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's uh, le- leading off for him, batting about 280, so he's doing a nice job. Yeah, and he's uh, you know he never walks, so he's like mm-hmm. way up in the hit leaders in the National League. Is there a catcher still one of the flying Molina brothers? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a Molina back okay. there. Okay. I think it's a Yachty Molina. Yeah. Well, they, they, you know, one of the flying Molina brothers has been catching for St. Louis for a long, they're the, long they're time. They're the squatting Molina brothers, Coach. Well, that, that too. That too. But it uh, should be an interesting series. Chris Carpenter takes on Big Z, Carlos Zambrano in a game one. Uh, tomorrow you got Jake Westbrook going up against Matt Garza, Jamie Garcia going up against Casey Coleman, my young kid. Casey Coleman, pretty good. Pretty good over the weekend, Big Dog. He got a W against the Reds. What, uh, six innings, no runs allowed, right? Against a pretty good lineup over there in Cincinnati. He might have given up a run or two, I'm not sure, but I know he pitched well. He kind of broke out of that. Uh, he's been struggling, but uh, I, something about this kid, I think he's got a little bit of potential. Uh-huh, yes. What do you think of the Red Series? I thought it was uh, quite discouraging for the Cubs. They had so many chances. I don't know if you watched Friday's game. 
I did. I didn't get a chance to. Right. I was working all day. Friday's game, big dog. If you, if you catch a replay of it, basically that is a microcosm of 102 years of Chicago Cub baseball. You can wrap that puppy up, deliver it as a present to anybody who wants to uh, just revisit Chicago Cub baseball the last 102 years. Frustrating. Well, so uh, so that happened. It was obviously uh, somebody walked and scored. They didn't hit their way on. Um, and also there was runners at third base with less than two outs, oh. and the player wasn't driven in. So that had to happen. Oh, on a regular – well, that happened the entire weekend, but Friday in particular. Okay. Over and over and over again. I mean, it was painful. Painful. I, I listened... love that song, by the way. Over and over and over and over. I like that song, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, all right, so you got Cub Cardinal going on. Good luck to our uh, beloved Cub. A lot of St. Louis fans in town probably listening to you for the first time, Big Dog. Give me an idea, by the way, today's starter, Chris Carpenter for the Cardinals. Ronnie Sando, tell us a little bit about Chris Carpenter. Well, he likes to work quickly, Coach. Really? Yeah, he likes to keep the ball down in the zone. Surprising. And he likes to work ahead in the count. He does? Yeah. Interesting. Does he like to work the inside corner? And the outside corner, folks. Wow. He likes to he wow. likes to, uh, locate his pitches. Sounds like a heck of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. All right, White Sox uh, breaking out of their streak. Big dog three in a row. Finally starting to hit the baseball. Eight nothing over my uh, my Anaheim Angels yesterday. Your Anaheim Angels? Well, you know I picked them to win the series this year, so they're they're well, they, my they're my second favorite American League team right now. Okay, well they actually are starting to play a little bit better baseball over there. Uh, yeah, in Anaheim. So the fact that the Sox won eight nothing in the first game of the series does say a lot. So mm-hmm. Edwin Jackson seven innings strong, a little inconsistent, but that was a big comeback performance for Edwin Jackson. And uh, the bats finally coming through, Big Dog. It's been a long, long time, but you know how it is when you got a good hitting team. You don't want to jinx the White Sox, but when you start to break out, you can go on a pretty good streak. Yeah, you can break out big time when uh, when you do break out, and we'll see what happens with them. Mm-hmm. Five RBIs. Uh, what, what a day for Carlos! He he's been one of the guys that you know a little bit off and on, but for the most part, he's been hitting. Uh, you know, since the start of the season, he has not been the problem. But what a day yesterday! Three run homer and two other doubles. Both those doubles brought in runs. Five RBIs for CQ. Carlos Quentin. You know, Coach. He has fifteen doubles already this season. Wow, that's a lot. So, yeah, he's had a, a really, really strong start to the season. Gordon Beckham uh, struck out a couple of times, but he did get a home run and another base hit. So uh, three in a row for the White Sox. Let's hope they continue that on. And you don't want to put pressure like they have to go on a nine- or ten-game win streak, dog. I think what you're looking for, if you're a Sox fan, is maybe like 14 of the next 20. Yeah. You know, you know start yeah. chomping away at that, that under 500 record. Uh, you know, th- if they can get back to 500 by June 1st, I th- if they actually can, Coach. I don't Oof. think it's that possible. How about, how about June 15th? Okay. But yeah. this is the type of team that can win a lot of ball games in yep. a row. Yep. Now, let me ask you, if you're Ozzie Gans, and your pitching's been pretty good this year. you got a big decision. Interesting decision coming up. Jake Peavy back in the lineup. Uh, and, and the five starting pitchers, Big Doug, have all been decent. Uh, at least decent. John Danks, despite the record, very, very good. Gavin Floyd, you're not going to replace him. Phil Umber, the fill-in pitcher, he's been their best pitcher, most consistent. There's, there's no doubt about that so far. He's been the best pitcher. you got the so veteran what? Mark Burley, and you got Edwin Jackson. Now, if Edwin Jackson had a bad game yesterday, maybe he's the guy. But he comes out and throws seven shutout innings. So do you go? And I, I sort of would, would go this way temporarily. Do you go with a six-man rotation? 
you know, they've been thinking about it because you can't take Umber out. You can't. you got to keep the kid in. Yep. And, it, you know, maybe you're like, our starter's got to go a little deeper because we only have so many relievers anyways. So since you're only going to pitch uh, every sixth day, you know, you got to pitch into the seventh I, inning, and maybe that'll help the, the Sox. I guess the counter-argument with that, and any White Sox fans, you want to check in on that, an interesting quandary for Ozzie Guillen, Donald Cooper, and the rest of the uh, brain trust for the White Sox, 888-463-6748, the phone number, but... You've got the counter-argument, Big Dogs. You've got five pitchers that are going pretty well. Now you're going to give them out of their regular routine and give them an additional day of rest. Do you risk messing up what's already successful for you? Yeah, I mean, that that, that is an issue there. But what else are they going to do? Just yeah, not, maybe they have PB become their closer. Take Burley out? You're not taking Burley out. Why not? You're, definitely not taking, you're not taking Burley out, Coach. Right now, I think of the five pitchers, I, I think I would take Burley out. Really? Okay, well. Yeah. Mark, you pitched a lot of innings. We're going to rest you a couple weeks. Maybe throw you a little bit of middle relief just for a couple weeks. I don't okay. know. I agree with you, though. You cannot tell Phil Umber, hey, you a replacement. Nice job, Phil. We're sending you back to the minors. No, if he's been your best pitcher, you cannot let him go. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you on that, Coach. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, now that we totally agree, Big Dog, it took us 56 minutes to totally agree, but now that we've done that, we have to end the show. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> if the females uh, might want to find you, stalk you today a little bit, any chance you'll be on the kayak possibly displaying a bare chest at some point? I will be at the East Bank Club giving tours, uh, doing our um, our like uh, kayak commando course, Coach. Great workout. Go to East Bank Club today. Uh, you did not say going commando on the kayak. You said kayak commando. Yes, Coach. Okay. Don't want our listeners to get the wrong idea. All right, Big Dog, have a great day. You guys have a great one. There it is. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Hard-hitting sports talk. Well, not really, but we try to have some fun along with it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late.